Welcome to this podcast in the Smart Science Series by Adiseo. Hello, this is Dr. Brian Sloan. I'm here with Dr. Dan Lucchini from Adiseo. We're visiting with Annie Rosé-Guadanin, a grad student at the University of Illinois. Annie, can you please take a minute to tell us about the focus of the research abstracts that you shared with 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 the audience at the 2021 annual meeting of the American Dairy Science Association. Hi, Dr. Slow and Dr. Lucchini. Thank you for having me. And sure, this year at the ADSA, we brought a study that is part of a bigger study that evaluated the effects of feeding rumen-protected methionine, of feeding smartamine to dairy cows in transition period and early lactation on their overall performance, like milk production, dry matter intake, but also their health parameters, and even more specific, on their uterine health, which is very important because we know that impacts their fertility afterwards, and we want to get those cows pregnant. So this study is reported that the dairy cows who were fed smartamine, they had a lower incidence of ketosis and retained placenta. And specifically regarding uterine health, they had a greater influx of PMN cells of neutrophils in the uterus at 15 days in milk, which is important for the cleansing process, for expelling the placenta, for fighting any possible contamination in the uterus that happened after calving. But then at day 30 and day 73, those animals had a lower PMN percentage in the uterus, showing that this process, this inflammatory response was resolved. Uh, so also these dairy cows, they had a lower um, likelihood of being classified as having subclinical endometritis at day 30 based on this PMN counting. So we had all of these results that were showing a clear improvement in the uterine health of these dairy cows. Then we hypothesized that the rumen-protected methionine was modulating this cow's uterine immunity and metabolism either making them uh, more resilient to uterine diseases after calving or um, improving their or decreasing their susceptibility to those diseases. So in order for us to investigate that, we evaluated the gene expression of cytology samples and also endometrial samples that were collected at days 15, 30, and 73 after calving. Would you, be, would you be so kind, Annie, to share with us the highlights of your uh, research? Abstract? Sure. Sure, absolutely. Uh, we confirmed our hypothesis that methionine acts beyond liver, it acts beyond mammary gland. It also has an effect at the uterine level as well. So the cows that were fed smartamine, they had a decrease in the expression of the transcripts that are involved in inflammatory responses after 15 days in milk, which shows us a lesser inflammatory environment in their uterus. And they also increased the expression of the transcripts that are involved in cell proliferation processes and energy metabolism, which are important for uterine involution and uterine regeneration for uh, preparing the uterus for the next conception. Very nice, uh, Annie, really good work. And how do you uh, interpret these results? Uh, I think the main take home message that I will get from this study uh, in combination with the other results that were previously reported is that these dairy cows that were fed the smartamine, that were fed the rumen protected methionine, they were able to activate their uterine immune response early postpartum 
But better than that, they were able to control, to regulate this inflammatory response, constraining it in this uh, early postpartum period, in this first two weeks postpartum. And this is very important because either an inadequate response, a weak uh, uterine immune response, or an exacerbated one, like a chronic inflammatory process in the uterus, they both are associated with endometritis and subclinical endometritis, which impairs those derecaus fertility afterwards. Perfect. So uh, uh, tell me, why did you choose the 15, 30, and 73 days in milk of sampling? Uh, yeah, that's, that's important. Those, those time points, they were chosen to represent the periods uh, where we have uterine clearance and involution, like a 15 days after calving. And then generation of the endometrium at day, day, day 30. Uh, and then the breeding period after the voluntary waiting period ends at around day 73. Perfect. Uh, and then uh, why, I mean, you mentioned several biomarkers. Uh, uh, why did you choose those specific ones? Uh, those biomarkers, they were chosen to represent both uh, a nutrient immune response, like the ones that are involved in inflammation, like interleukin 6, 8, interleukin 1 beta, SOD1, mucin 1, but also metabolism of the uterus. So we have the ones that are related specific to protein metabolism and methionine specifically, like MET1A, methionine adenosyl transferase 1, alpha but also energy metabolism like we measured GLUT4, for example, for, for glucose, a glucose transporter. Great. Uh, and uh, I know that uh, these are, I mean, these biomarkers, you obviously selected them for specific purpose at spe for specific time points that you took the sampling. For example, um, in the uh, FGF7 uh, that uh, you were looking at at day 73, uh, what, I mean, there was a rebound and the cows had further lumen protected methionine. Uh, what does it mean in terms of uh, reproductive outcomes? Uh, that's, very, that's very interesting. Uh, so, two things here. The, the FGF7 is the fibroblast growth factor 7, and it's involved with cell differentiation, cell migration, angiogenesis, which are all processes that are involved with preparing the endometrium for the conceptus, for example, for the next uh, gestation. And another point that is important is the, the time period that you mentioned, at day 73. So if we combine these two informations, like being a, a greater expression of FGF7, which is related to this time period, and the day 73, we are looking at maybe this uterus getting more prepared for the next gestation, being prepared for the next conceptuses to be viable. Great. Uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, thank you. Thank you, uh, Annie. Yeah, and I must add my thanks as well, Annie, for that very thorough research. I'm very impressed with, uh, A, how you conduct the research, but also particularly how you've been able to interpret some of this very complex, uh, complex data. Dan, question for you. I mean, how do we take this information and uh, uh, share it with our um, nutritionists who, who use our products and the producers who, who take the advice of their nutritionists? Well, you know, Brian, uh, the one point to highlight to me is that uh, these uh, results show how dynamic the uterine involution is within a very short period of time. 
and also how fragile is the balance between a cow being sick or being healthy. Uh, so, uh, and at least by judging on, on the gene expression of these uh, specific biomarkers at these specific times, uh, feeding a uh, lumen protected methane in source uh, uh, to cows during the peripartum period is uh, beneficial not only for the cow during that time, but also may have uh, uh, consequences on, on, on the reproduction side of the cow. Yeah, I must agree, Dan, and maybe even reinforce some of the points that you've just made. Um, by ensuring methionine requirements are met, both pre-fresh and post-fresh, I think this is what's important in terms of making a cow less susceptible to me metabolic disease, and particularly as shown in this particular uh, study, you know, to reduce the potential for uterine infections. This predisposes animals to not only be ready to come into heat much quicker, but have a successful reproduction outcome. And the more a producer can reduce average days in milk by improving reproduction, the more average milk production will go up, voluntary culling go down, and the bottom line will be improved. So again, thank you, Annie. And for those of you who wish to have even more details on these excellent uh, abstracts from Annie, these can be found at www.adiseo.com. Thank you. This concludes the Smart Science Podcast by Adiseo. 